can I tell a story? Absolutely. We love <laughs> so, stories here. Okay. We did have one where on the day of closing, the buyer called and he was in tears. Uh, he was supposed to be on the way to closing and he said that um, his wife told him that if he went and signed the deal, that she would divorce him. That was the day of closing. So they may have had marital issues leading up to this, but. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, and once again, I am joined by the president of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming back. Last week, as we, we finished, we talked about what would make a qualified buyer, and so that's what we're, that's what we're wanting to touch on today. <laughs> as we think about what makes a qualified buyer, what are, what are a few characteristics that you think qualify somebody to be a, a buyer of a business? Oh, gosh. Well... There are quite a few things. First off, I guess, um, if they sign our confidentiality agreement and promise not to talk about uh, businesses that we show them, then that's kind of the, the beginning stages. But um, I think for, you know, a big part is a buyer uh, that we're dealing with has an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, wants to be in control as a leader, probably has some management background to start with, um, and they want to make decisions on their own and look to, for a business to grow. Yeah, the owner does have tons of responsibility, and, and really for most businesses, when you're, when you're talking about financial buyers, you're not talking about strategic buyers, uh, corporations looking to expand, but more of the individuals or families looking to, to get into business. They, they need to understand that they are going to be responsible for HR, payroll, insurance, licensing. I mean, everything that goes into that business, it's not just selling a product. It's everything behind the scenes. The other thing, too, that I've noticed is that they need to have that full support of key people, whether that be a spouse or partners or in some instances, parents or, or other mm-hmm. people. One of the questions we ask is, who else needs to be involved in this? Who, who are the other stakeholders? Yeah, I mean, usually it's a spouse. If there's a spouse in the picture that we'd really like to have them involved in all of the discussions when we're meeting with a seller, so that they're, they're just as involved and behind and um, supporting the the spouse who's going to be actually running the business. And, and maybe it's a husband and wife team that are going to run the business. But can I tell a story? Absolutely. We love <laughs> so, stories here. Okay. We did have one where on the day of closing, the buyer called and he was in tears. Uh, he was supposed to be on the way to closing. And he said that um, his wife told him that if he went and signed the deal, that she would divorce him. That was the day of closing. So they may have had marital issues leading up to this, but that's that's kind of an extreme case, but you can see kind of what happens if, if the spouse isn't fully supporting you. Yeah, and we like to know that the spouse's support is much earlier in the process as opposed to the 
day that Very we're supposed early. to that we're bringing pens, commemorative right. pens to the. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, we. We, we spend quite a bit of money on the commemorative oh, very pens. Nice pens. Very nice pens. That also goes hand in hand with, are you financially capable of, of doing this? And what are some mistakes that you see people when they're trying to purchase a business and go through that qualification yeah. process specific to finances? First of all, we need to have a, a real clear understanding of what their financial capabilities are. If they've got a job right now, what kind of income do they need to replace that? What, you know, does their spouse work? What kind of debt do they have? And, and we don't ask uh, super detailed questions, but we do need to know what their liquid assets are. Do they own real estate? Uh, do they have other business interests? Because most of the deals that we get done are financed. So a bank's going to be asking much more detailed questions, but we don't want to go into a situation where a buyer can't come up with even 10% down. And 10% low, rather somebody be in the 20 or 25% down range. But we, we need to see that they've actually got the financial capability to move forward. And that we're looking the right size business. We don't want to put somebody into a business that's going to be very difficult to get completed with financing and then, and then have them struggle with the business if they've got too much debt. One of the mistakes that I see people making is that they don't calculate in the, the startup costs and mm-hmm. the operating capital. Yeah, the, it's not just uh, the money to get into the business. And that's where I think bankers do help us in, in getting that word to them. Is like, okay, you can come in with 20% down, but then what else do you have? We, you, know, you can get a line of credit with the bank for working capital, but again, you want to have some resources behind you in case there's an emergency. And just like you would with your own family, even if you didn't own a business, you'd have kind of a, a slush fund for the emergencies. Yeah, when life happens. Life things. happens. And right. then, of course, you know, you talked about if they have a job today and they're making, call it $200,000, and mm-hmm. that's what they're looking to replace. We also need to adjust for that 200000 plus 401k and health insurance and any other benefits that their employer's buying for them. And on top of that, they have to, they have to pay a debt service that right. the current right. seller is most likely not pl- paying. So... If we show somebody that has a that says I need two hundred, I'm making two hundred thousand dollars, and that's their cash take home. Yeah, and, yeah. and we show them something that is two hundred thousand dollars that they're now going to have to use that two hundred thousand dollars to also pay for health insurance and four hundred one k. And oh, by the way, yeah, you've got a sixty five thousand dollar right. annual debt payment. Right, it chips away at it very qu- very quickly, and so that that's another mistake that I see right. people making is that. They don't look at cash flow after debt service. Yeah, we have to show, and that's where the I think the brokers help in, in, in really explaining that because if they're needing a take home of 200, then we're probably gonna be needing to look at a cash flow of, a, of at least 300,000. You're, you're qualified because you're financially there. You're qualified because you have the support of the people. You're qualified because you have the, the responsibility. Really, to me, the next thing is, do you have a knowledge for that business or that industry? That's Partly true. I think that when we're talking to buyers, they're coming in with, I've, let's say I've got an interest in uh, electrical contractors because that's where I'm working right now. Knowledge or that skill base with their leadership skills would allow them to get into other businesses as well. As long as they have an interest, like you say, a passion. It may be a passion for landscaping. 
but they've got experience in the leadership world and understand small business. So they could they could transfer that skill to another type of business. But you're right, they probably need to have some type of passion for it uh, to, to get into it and not just look at the financial outcome yeah. and, and say, okay, well, I'm just interested in anything that's making 200000 a year. Well, that the, the deals may not get done then It'll be because I think people will walk away when they ultimately talk to a seller and say, yeah, that's probably not really what I what I want to do. So knowing that up front is very helpful. And, and I think also we, we find out a little bit as we're working with buyers, when we talk about qualified, they may hit all these things, but then that's, do they react when we, when we show them new opportunities? The fit, all these buckets, you know, that it fits their financial capabilities and their passion and everything else. And then they take a week to respond to, you know, a new opportunity that comes out. It may already be gone. So it's, they really have to be reactive quickly to these new opportunities because they do sell, some of these sell very quickly. Yeah, and I think that rolls back into that ready for the responsibility. Can you make those Mm -hmm. decisions? Can you make the decisions without perfect data? Because perfect data is never going to exist. Are they able to make that decision without having exact data Mm -hmm. is something that is, it's important. Right, right. And and so that's part of that entrepreneurial spirit. You're not going to have a perfect business all the time. There's always going to be something that a business owner has to deal with. It may be a personality at the front desk who's answering the phone, I got to deal with, whatever. It can be very small, but but people have to deal with it. And you're going to come across some things in due diligence that maybe you weren't prepared for. So how how do you react to that? How do you overcome that challenge? And that's where you really find out about somebody if they're if they are going to be the type of business owner that they need to be. Because there are challenges in every business. Yeah, and so next week, these first few episodes have really been a, an introductory. Background. Background. Why, who, why are we doing a podcast? A little bit about Apex. Who are the buyers? Who are the sellers? What motivates each side? And as we go the next few weeks, we're going to really dive into... Who are the sellers? These series of podcasts will take on buyers and sellers, and they're, they're going to be more specific over the next handful of weeks, and we'll, we'll talk anatomy of a deal. And that's where we will bring another person in to discuss how do we get the listing? Where did the buyer come from? What was the seller's motivation? What happened? How do we get to the offer? What happened during due diligence after clo- to closing and then and then after. So can, I, I look can, forward can to this. Can I offer something up? Yes. Can we talk about train wrecks too? We will talk about train wrecks. <laughs> Along the way, we will talk about fun. train wrecks. Those are fun stories too. The, the successful deals, what made deals successful, get to the closing, and even afterward, why maybe the uh, buyer was successful in growing the business. But what went wrong in some deals, why do deals collapse? What did the seller do wrong? What did the buyer do wrong? Those can be fun to talk about. So stay tuned. Plenty more, plenty more fun. Plenty more information that we'll be sharing. Look forward to talking to you next week. Everybody have a great week. Thanks. Thank you.